We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, DVTPFL. It's Thursday. It's January 7th. It's 2021. We have five basketball games and the six NFL games that we're going to talk about here on today's podcast. Podcast is brought to you by Monkey Knife Fight. If you guys haven't checked them out, now's the time to check them out. They got a ton of stuff going on over there uh, for the NFL playoffs, NBA stuff going on each and every day. Um, you know, they got golf stuff firing up as well. So if you guys haven't, make sure you check them out. Uh, use the promo code grinders, get um, 100% deposit bonus up to 50 bucks. Uh, the link will be in the description. You can go to rotorgrinders.com slash partners slash MKF. And that'd be the easiest way to get your 100% deposit bonus up to 50 bucks. Uh, so I'm joined today by my good buddy, Grant Genifer07. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing just fantastic today. Um, DFS still up in the air. We're recording this a little bit earlier. So uh, the Sacramento game is about to start. I have a lot of a lot of Holmes and a lot of other guys in that game. So we'll see where I end up. But already, already pretty much even today because bet on the Knicks like I told you guys on the podcast yesterday. And they, they pulled it out against the, the Jazz. Yeah, well, I said bet the under on the Orlando game and it went way under. So, um, but yeah, I played Trey Young on my main um, build. So I stopped watching NBA hours ago. So I uh, was watching Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist um, with my wonderful wife. So that's what is that? It Man, the first season was really good. We just the like it was the second first first episode of the second season. So, but yeah, we'll see how we'll see how it comes and plays out. Hey, you got a girlfriend now. You should watch it with her. Yeah, and very, very well may. <laughs> Let's get into this basketball slate. We start with Philly at Brooklyn, 224 total here. Philly favored by two. 
Dinwiddie and Durant are out. Um, Philly, it's a back-to-back. We'll have to see if anything comes out of it. Um, what do you like here for the 76ers? The 76ers, sorry. I'm just trying to make sure that I remember everything from the game today because obviously it was a real high-scoring game and everyone played a ton of minutes. So I'm just going through and, like, this is it's, – it's obviously a good matchup for Philly, but, like, you're looking at the minutes played for everyone on there. And it was a high-paced game, so lots of possessions. Lots running down the court. Embiid played 37, Simmons 36, Curry 36, Harris 41, Green 30. Like, there are a lot of minutes played um, in this game. Um, realistically, probably my favorite play is going to be Shake Milton. Uh, I think that he could end up getting a little bit more run on the second of the back back He kind of played the least amount of minutes. It's still a good pace matchup. It's not the worst uh, defensive matchup in the world going up against Brooklyn. So he's probably my favorite, but really you can take a shot on any of these guys. The total for this game, I think, is 227. Um, one of the higher ones on the slate. Brooklyn still plays at fast pace. Harris, Simmons, Embiid. It's just the worrisome part of playing on the second end of a back-to-back and playing that many minutes. So, like, Milton's my favorite, but, I like, really you're taking shots on any of these guys, and I wouldn't go too heavy um, on playing multiple Philly guys. It'd probably be one or two. I don't think i go full game stack here. But any one of these guys is fine. But Shake Milton's probably, I think, the guy that probably gets the biggest boost because of his lack of minutes played in the last game. Yeah, I think, like, if everybody plays for Philly, I'll probably pass on most of these guys. Um, Maybe, like, Tobias. If some guys start getting ruled out, obviously, that will change some stuff. But I think, like, overall, I think the guys that we're potentially looking at here are, like, Seth Curry and Shake Milton. Like you said, Milton cheap, like the cheaper guys um, in this Brooklyn game. So I don't know, man. I think you could you could take shots on Embiid and Simmons, but I don't know how much I really trust it on a back to back either. So and on the Brooklyn side of things, like Kyrie's a top play on the slate. Um, you know, obviously you got Luca, you got Jokic, um, LeBron, and Anthony Davis, but I think like I think you have to kind of prioritize Kyrie on this slate. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going right back to the well with Kyrie and with Levert. Um, don't think I'm playing any other guys there. Kyrie, obviously, without Duran, the offense, he's going to get uh, a ton of usage. The game was a weird game the other night because the blowout, he didn't get any run the fourth quarter, and he shot lights out in the first quarter. So Kyrie is a fantastic play, even a tough matchup going against Philly. He's pretty much matchup proof because he can go through any defense. Uh, Levert, though, like, 6.8K is still way too cheap for him. Only got 21 minutes in the last matchup. Still put up 18 shots in there. Him coming off the bench or even if he gets a start. Like this Philly team's going to be a little bit exhausted. 6.8K when you consider a guy is going to have a 35% usage when he's out on the floor in all likelihood, maybe more than that. It, it, it's just a silly price tag. I'm not chasing the Jared Allen game. Yes, he got 32 minutes in the last outing versus Utah. I don't know if it'll end up happening again. Um, Joe Harris... It's fine at 5.3K, but it's a tough matchup. I'm not using him. Jordan, not using him. TLC coming off the bench. Still probably only get 24 minutes. If you really need some salary relief, it's not the worst idea in the world. Has seven-plus shots in each of the last three games, so he can end up getting there if you really need some salary relief. But a lot of the salary relief will probably come off of injuries, uh, depending on who ends up sitting today. But it's Kyrie and it's Levert here. And I really, really like Levert. Yeah, I really like Kyrie. I don't mind Levert. Um, you know, Allen had a monster game the other night because they let him 
kind of just get some extra run. Um, I don't expect that to happen on a nightly basis, but DeAndre Jordan, you know, he only played nine minutes the other night. If we knew like Allen was going to be playing like solid minutes, like we would definitely be targeting him, you know, on a nightly basis. Um, But I I think like TLC, maybe he plays a a couple extra minutes. Harris plays a couple extra minutes if this game stays close. Um, So don't necessarily hate those guys. Um, But I, I, again, I think Kyrie's the play from Brooklyn. Uh, Cleveland at Memphis, 212 total here. Memphis favored by four in this game. It's a back-to-back for Cleveland, and they're going to be very shorthanded here. Um, you know, obviously we'll have to be paying attention to the news with like Kevin Love and Garland and Porter and Exum and these guys and Deladova. But um, Sexton got banged up in the game against Orlando, and Dotson got banged up in the game against Orlando. So um, they were ankle injuries. So we'll obviously have to wait and see on them and then on the Memphis side of things Triple J is still out Morant's out and Winslow's out so two really shorthanded teams with Cleveland on a back-to-back um is there anything that you like here for the Cavs I mean yeah we have to kind of wait and see on news like don't know who's going to be playing but Drummond I think is the main guy that sticks out at 8.4k and strictly an upside play it's a five-game slate otherwise I probably wouldn't consider him on a bigger slate but definitely has the upside to really get you there in this spot, Sexton, yeah, if he doesn't end up playing, then that could open up a whole lot of spots or a whole lot of usage, a whole lot of minutes. It's just tough not knowing who's going to be playing tomorrow. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I think that uh, Garland might have already been ruled out. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, we don't have the news on things yet. It's kind of you just got to wait and see who's going to end up playing, and that's pretty much all you can do. But no one's really priced up that much if everyone ends up sitting. Um, so, like, it, again, this is hard to dissect. If Drum is out, obviously, McGee becomes a fantastic play. If Sexton's out, like, I'm going Dotson, I'm going Osman. Both of them are too cheap in all reality. So it just kind of depends on who's playing here. It's, it, it's a real tough to dissect the night before. Yeah, honestly, like, there's just so many – so many guys um... – that could potentially be out here for Cleveland. Um, it's really, it's really tough because like Lamar Stevens got run. Um, you know, Okoro got run. Osman. I feel like Osman's going to be like the usage guy, but he's coming off at 38 minutes against Orlando. Um, hopefully, you know, he can handle it. Um, so I don't know. I, I think like overall in this matchup, Osman would probably be my favorite. Um, and then I would probably like prioritize like Nance and Drummond and, you know, see how the value kind of shakes up. And then on the Memphis side of things, um, what do you like here for the Grizzlies? I mean, probably Brooks and Anderson would be the two main guys I want to go with tough defensive matchup going up against Cleveland. Cleveland doesn't play at a high pace. Like Brooks hasn't been great recently. Hasn't been getting a ton of minutes. Um, but some of those were because of blowouts. Some of those were because of foul trouble. Um, realistically, I think he gets full run here. In a slower-paced game, I think that favors him a little bit. And then Anderson should play enough minutes. He's 6.4K, like with all the injuries here. He should get it done on the floor. Clark's fine. But this is just an ugly game, and it's, it's, it's entirely based on who's in and who's out here. I'll give you any interest. It's one of the lowest, if not the lowest total on the slate, if I remember correctly. 
So you can you you pretty much have to wait till tomorrow. But if everyone ends up playing that is currently expected to play, this is probably one of the games I'll avoid the most on the night. Yeah, this is one of those games that like you can play some value pieces from, but you don't have to go like too crazy here. Brandon Clark's played at least 29 minutes in four of the four of his last five games. Um, he'd be somewhat interesting in the spot, but Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, those would be the guys that would be looking at the most on this one. Dallas at Denver, 225 and a half total here. Denver favored by three and a half. Um, Trey Burke and Porzingis is out, and then Michael Porter Jr. is uh, questionable. Start with Dallas. Um, what do you like here for the Mavs? Uh, Luca at 10-5, but there's a few guys that might be better plays in the higher range. But um, Luca at 10-5 is not the worst play in the world. Hardway, I think, is still going to keep coming up the bench, which will inc- or increases usage quite a bit. Um, I know he shot lights out the other night, and that's why he ended up with such a massive game. But he's still only 6K. I think he offers a little bit of a little amount of upside on a five-game slate. But outside of that, like. I don't want Cleaver. I don't want DFS. I don't want Powell. I don't really want anyone here in this spot over on Dallas. A lot more of my interest is over on the uh, Denver side. I think you could definitely look at Luca here. Denver is last in defensive efficiency through the first few games this season. Um, you know, Luca, obviously a guy with massive amount of upside. Outside of him, like, you know, you can look at some of these cheap guys. They're not my favorite plays so i think like it, it's luca hoping that like you get that monster ceiling game like he finally had one the other night um against houston and like maybe he's healthy and we're good to go um and then on the denver side of things like you know Jokic has just been an absolute beast your favorite player listen i i, I think he <laughs> I, i've i've taken enough l's on him um to start the season already um but yeah you know, I, I think he's off to a really strong start. I think it's good for him. Uh, what do you like here for Denver? Uh, Jokic, obviously, is first and foremost the guy that I want to end up going with. It looks like Michael Porter Jr. is coming back um, from COVID protocols, so he should be playing. He should get minutes here going up against Dallas. Dallas is not a high-paced team, but they are one of the – they are mediocre defensive team so far this year so poor is probably the second guy i don't mind jamal murray um know that he's pretty hurt miss but you're talking a five game slate i don't think he's going to come in a ton of ownership at seven six and he has some upside but it's mostly those three guys harris is just he'll get minutes and he'll get you nothing um barring with mpga i think i might cut into his usage a little bit uh yeah it's mpj murray and joker up at the top i think a lot of this like kind of like a lot of the better plays on the slate are in the latter games and hoping they stay close. Yeah. I think this game could be like super sneaky. Good. Um, I think it's going to be a close, you know, faster def- no defensive type of game. So like, I-, I think this is one of those games that on a five game NBA slate, you could potentially get some correlation and stack. And um, I wouldn't argue it. Uh, moving on, we got Minnesota at Portland, 232 total here. Portland favored by a 10. Um, Okaji's out, Cat is out, and then we didn't get like an injury report released um, for Portland yet, but I don't really think it'd be too crazy. Um, Rodney Hood might not play again, so we'll have to kind of see, but Zach Collins. Um, what are we looking at here on Minnesota? I mean, Hernan Gomez, I, mean, I assume we're going to chase 
I, I know I don't expect him to go for 46 again, but he's still 4.4 K with all the injuries. I'm guessing he's probably going to get enough of a, enough minutes to get there. Um, can get done both scoring and on boards. So he's the main guy outside of that. It's Russell and Beasley, like both of them still going to get a ton of usage. Portland's a terrible defensive team. The only thing you have to worry about here is a blowout. So I'm mostly going to be stacking this game up, playing Hernan Gomez with one of Beasley or Russell, but Russell's price tag is 7.7 considering his upside is way too low. I mean, this guy had 60 points going up against Denver. Yes. He kind of looks trash at times, but if you're stacking up, like his price tag's too low, not for his floor, but his upside. So if you're stacking up this game, if you're expecting it to stay close, he's an absolutely perfect piece. So I'm not playing him unless I bring it back with either McCollum or with Lillard. Um, it's pretty much the best thing you can set into your lineups there. So Hernan Gomez is a fantastic play regardless and definitely a guy you want to throw in the stack, but not going Edwards, not going Nas. Can't really trust Nas' minutes. Rubio looks horrible and that's pretty much it. So it's pretty cut and dry. I think you can play Vanderbilt. Um, he's 3.8K. Didn't get much of a price increase. Still could end up getting the minutes. So it's this is a spot where you can get some value if this game ends up staying close. Yeah, obviously you're just going to kind of be waiting to see what the starting lineup looks like in general um, for this team and, you know, kind of have to dictate your plays off of that. Like, is – you know, Hernan Gomez is going to get the minutes or is it going to be Vanderbilt? Could it be Culver? They still have a few guys that could kind of fill in for Okaji here. So um, give, me, give me the guy that's starting in this one um, more than anything else. But I, I think like we have to have interest in Hernan Gomez. He's going to be one of the, the chalkiest plays on the slate, but in tournaments, like he's not the worst, like, I wouldn't even say fade, but underweight play on a five game slate. Cause he is going to be just so absolutely um, owned across like every type of contest. Uh, what do you like here for Portland? Paul Lillard. I mean, Minnesota is playing at the seventh fastest pace in the league and they are the worst defensive team in the league. So kind of everyone is a Covington revenge game. I don't mind that, even though he hasn't really been doing a ton recently. Doesn't give you a huge amount of upside, but I think in a revenge game, he could end up shooting a little bit more, especially in a faster pace game. It kind of suits his style of play a whole lot. Um, McCollum and Lillard, they've been doing what they've been doing, and they're going to keep doing it. Like Both of them are fantastic guys to play if you're bringing it back with Russell. Like I said, any lineup I have either of them in, I'm going to be bringing it back with Russell and probably Hernan Gomez, and then fading those guys in any, game, any lineup I don't have Lillard and McCollum. But yeah, it's, it's pretty cut and dry here go with the guys that are going to play some minutes in this spot i mean if you really want to go with mellow he offers a little bit of salary relief to stack up the game because lillard and mccollum are so expensive Derek jones jr is going to be playing minutes in an easy matchup here so 4.1k probably a little too cheap for him like this game has a ton of cheap plays and a few good studs here yeah like i think like obviously you're you know, kind of hoping this game just stays close if you're stacking it. And I think that's, it's like, that's how you're going to have to like play D'Angelo Russell and stuff, uh, Lillard and McCollum. And, and like, I don't, I don't mind um, Carmelo here at 4,300 to, you know, get some value on this slate. Obviously we have a couple teams on back-to-back, so a lot of value could potentially open up. So maybe Melo doesn't make the final cut, um, but 
it is something to kind of pay attention to. Uh, we finished it out with San Antonio at LA taking the Lakers 224 and a half total here. Lakers favored by nine. Uh, Derek White is out. KCP, LeBron, and AD are all questionable. But the fact that the Lakers are favored by nine has me thinking like we're going to see um, AD and LeBron play here. Um, what are your thoughts on San Antonio? I mean, the nice thing is the three main games with the three teams with studs on them that you want to play in this spot here are all playing at the same time. So we'll have this news, not before the first two games start, but when all these three of these games start at the same time. So just something to keep in mind there when you're building lineups, but DeRozan Johnson, I'm not playing LMA. I didn't think he's still, he ends up playing. He's not going to end up with a ton of minutes. Um, so like they'll, they'll keep baby him along and limiting his minutes. So, it's Johnson, Murray, and DeRozan. That's where we know the offense is coming from. All three of these guys are going to end up with a lot of minutes. They're the main part of this offense, but none of them are great plays. Um, they're just kind of fillers. I mean, it's a bad matchup going up against the Lakers. I don't know if this game ends up staying close, nine-point favorite, but there's a few blowout risks on the slate. Again, it's, it's mostly I'm waiting on news. If AD and LeBron are playing, then – I don't know if I want to play this game and I'll probably pivot over to the Denver and Dallas game and the Minnesota game. Yeah. Like overall, like this game in general, um, if it stays close, like DeRozan or DeJounte are probably having big games. Um, You know, Keldon Johnson's had some really good games, but his price is kind of caught up to the production. I I think like it's DeRozan Murray and run it back with like one of LeBron or Anthony Davis. um, If you're kind of playing this game. So um, Lakers, do you want to get into Lakers here? I know we like if LeBron and Anthony Davis are both out, like you play Kyle Kuzma on every team. You play Kuzma, you play Schroeder, you play pretty much everyone here. This is where all the value is going to come from, but I don't really expect both of them to sit and, if LeBron sits, play Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis sits, play LeBron. Um, and if one of them sits, then I still think there's a decent amount of value with Schroeder, with Kuzma, with a few guys in this spot here. But I guess it's all up to injury news. If you don't have to lock in Davis or James, they just become really good plays. And this is a perfect or perfect spot to take advantage of late swap. There's so many studs on the late slate. You can move things around a ton. And people are just going to see the Q tag beside James and Davis. So if we don't get news before lock, then it's a great idea to swap over to these guys if one of them is ruled out. So, yeah, it's Davis or it's James for me um, if they both end up playing, but not a huge interest in either. Play one of them if the other is out and they're both fan- and he's a fantastic play. If both of them are out, Schroeder, Kuzma, Harrell are all fantastic plays. Horton will probably get the start too. End up playing a decent amount of minutes. Um, but yeah, it's all kind of dictated by injuries to watch out for. But I think you're right. I think there is a decent chance both end up playing. Uh, let's move on to the NFL slate here. We're gonna play the morning grind game on the NFL uh, side of things this for this podcast. So um Again, ton of NBA content. Um, I know I have some premium stuff like expert survey and stuff that I'm doing on today, Thursday. So if you guys have any questions, always feel free to reach out on Discord or reach out on Twitter. 
Grant, let's talk football. Um, we're going to go through all six games, kind of just breaking down each game like we normally do. Um, and then you guys can use the info for the three games or the six games slate, however you want to do it. Uh, we get started here with the Colts and the Bills. It's a 51 total. Buffalo's favored by six and a half in this one. Uh, what do you like here for the Colts? Josh, or for the Colts, um, Jonathan Taylor is fine. Like the Bills have a decent defense, but he's going to get fed here. Outside of that, like it's tough to really trust any of these wide receivers, but I think it's a decent spot since it's a three, if, especially if you're playing the three-game slate, not the entire weekend slate, to take a shot on one of these wide receivers. Hilton can go off for a big game. Pascal and Pittman offer you a decent amount of value. I don't expect them to be terribly high-owned. So like none of these guys really stand out as great plays as pretty much every week they don't stand out as fantastic plays rivers tend to throw, spread the ball around they're all kind of priced appropriately so it's taylor's the one guy that stands out as a good play in a vacuum and then taking shots on hill would probably be my favorite unless he's going to draw a ton of ownership um but pascal or Pittman, because one of these guys could easily end up with a big game like a slate breaking game but picking which one it's going to be the chances of them putting up a huge dud is also pretty likely it's the Colts offense. It's how it's always been this year, but it's worth taking a shot in GBPs. Hilton is probably my favorite from the bunch, but Jonathan Taylor is the one guy that stands out as a potential cash game play and just a good play overall. Yeah. Like, you know, we have a lot of great defenses um, on a lot of, on both slates. Uh, And this game obviously has the highest total, on the three game Saturday slate. So second highest total on the weekend, I think like, you know, Taylor is obviously someone that we're looking at. I'm not too worried about like the shoulder thing. I think it's fine. I think T.U.I. Hilton is a great run back option, um, you know, in a game where if they're trailing, you know, he could be getting some passes and some, you know, easy stuff like that. I will say like, if you want to get, crazy in tournaments on like the three game slate i don't hate like taking a shot on Hines. um you know just kind of hoping that you get some pass catching out of the backfield if they're trailing um but yeah as far as pascal and Pittman go i lean Pittman, um but i i definitely want to see the ownership because pascal has been a guy that has had some big games here in the last couple weeks so um a lot of ways to go here with indy Go to the Buffalo side of things. Obviously, Josh Taylor is one of the top um, options at quarterback on this slate. I'm hoping Diggs is okay. I would assume he's going to be okay. I think they're being very careful with his oblique injury. Uh, what do you like here for Buffalo? Uh, Diggs, Beasley, Allen. I mean, this offense has been the same pretty much all season long. If you want to take a tournament flyer on someone, I think John Brown's not the worst idea in the world, but – Diggs has been consistent all season long. Allen has been absolutely fantastic. It's in a must-win scenario because it's playoffs. Uh, but you're not going to get – you might not get any more upside than you will get with Diggs and with Josh Allen on this entire slate. So it's pretty pretty simple when it comes to the Bills offense every week. If you want to take a tournament flyer in big field tournaments on either Moss or Singletary, always a shot that they get into the end zone. I think a tight end, Croft is actually – or not Croft, Knox is a good play like – Occasionally, Josh Allen will throw it to random tight ends and they'll get into the end zone. And Knox has been his favorite target. Had eight targets in the last game going up against Miami. Um, had seven against Pittsburgh. So he's been getting a decent workload over the last three, four games. He's definitely a guy you can go with on just a four games or on a three game slate. But Allen and Diggs are by far, in a way, the 
two top plays probably on the slate. Yep. Uh, love those two guys. Love the John Brown call, especially if Beasley doesn't end up playing, but if Beasley plays, I think John Brown could even fly under the radar in that scenario. So um, he's certainly someone that I have circled for tournaments. Uh, don't love the running game here. Singletary is cheap. Zach Moss is cheap. Like you said, if you want to take tournament flyers on those guys, but it's going to be Buffalo letting Josh Allen win or lose them this game, right? Like he's going to, he's going to be the reason they either go home or win. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, he's almost the entirety of their offense. Um, moving on here, we got the Rams and the Seahawks, uh, 42 and a half total here. Seattle favored by three and a half. Um, we have so many uncertainties when it comes to the Rams. Um, is Jared Goff going to be ready? It doesn't sound like it's that great. Cooper cup is expected back. Um, what are we looking at here on the Rams? It's it's a tough one to predict, especially if we don't know if Goff or if uh, you know Goff or Cup. I think Cup is going to play, but I don't know if Goff is going to play. That obviously drastically changes the offense, changes the approach that we'd have in it. And I don't know if McVay is going to tell us before the game starts. Um, just trying to keep that competitive advantage. It's a smart move. But Acres at five point one k is a silly price tag, just absolutely silly. Um, don't know if Adams is going to end up playing for. Seattle's defense so I think that gives a little bit of bump to the passing game uh for the Rams but Akers I mean Akers is going to be the ultra shock on a Saturday slate isn't he I would think he's going to be pretty popular he's really cheap I think he's going to be popular on both slates yeah um but yeah Akers is by far the best play from the Rams I don't mind taking a shot on Walford or the passing game but it's Akers is the guy that stands out as the best point per dollar running back on the slate by decent margin yep he's gonna like maybe he's not popular because people are worried about like the injury the matchup any of that stuff but i I think he'll be pretty popular and i I don't know man um in tournaments i could see not playing him but in cash games i think you you have to play acres here i think cooper cup's really cheap too um seattle side like uh I don't know, man. Chris Carson's banged up a little bit, dealing with a little bit of a foot injury. We really don't know like how serious that is, but the Rams defense is is really solid. You know, they're fourth in DVOA against pass, third in DVOA against the run. Um, is this the spot like Russ is going to have to go on win, win this game, or is this going to be like two weeks ago, twenty to nine? You know, Seahawks beat the Rams. Um, week 10, 16 to 23, like the Rams beat the Seahawks. Like they haven't really had that like explosive game, but like if you're looking at like quarterback wide receiver combos on this slate, like Russ, DK, Russ, Lockett, like they just they have so much more ceiling than some of these other guys. Yeah, yeah, they do. The problem is, yeah, I, I, I still see them running the ball a decent amount with the Rams. Is- the tough uh, pass defense. Uh, the only way I can see playing Russ is if I'm playing Rams on the other side. Like that's that's really it. Metcalf and Lockett are fine as one-offs. Like I know, like to you like to pair your running back or your wide receiver and your quarterback. But Ru- Russ hasn't had over a 200-yard game or a 300-yard game since 
the first time they before the first time they played LA. Like Metcalf can end up with 160 yards. Lockett can end up with 160 yards. Either one of them can end up with two touchdowns. But like I, I, I don't want anything from the Seattle side. Like they're they're just running the ball too much. They're mixing in Hyde too much. This is going to be a low scoring game, I think. The only way I'm playing Russ is if I'm bringing it back with Acres and Woods or Acres and Cup, like or Cup and Woods. It, it's just that simple. Like you have to full on game stack this game if you're playing Russ, or you just leave Russ alone. I think that's I think that's the right approach. Um, you know, full stacker, stay away. Um, I think it's how I'm going to approach this one. Uh, Tampa at Washington, 45 total here. Tampa favored by eight and a half. Um, awesome story, Alex Smith. I think he definitely deserves the comeback player of the year. Um, obviously, there's some injuries that we're waiting on on this one. Mike Evans had to get carted off the field in week 17 with a knee injury. Um, I'd be shocked if he plays, even though they said that like it's a possibility that he plays this weekend. Uh, what are we looking at here on Tampa? On Tampa... I mean, with if Evans doesn't end up playing, then I think you can absolutely go with Godwin or Brown. Um, both of them are going to get an increase in target share. Both of them have a decent shot at a massive game. Scotty Miller will probably get a decent increase in targets, and he's cheap at 3.4K. Don't mind him, but it, it's, it's predominantly Brown and Godwin. I don't think I'm playing Brady. Like, I'm probably using one wide receiver as a one-off, one of those two guys. I think one of them ends up with a decent game. The Washington defense has been really good. This team has been really good under Alex Smith. I think that Washington ends up beating Brady this weekend. Um, wouldn't be surprised by that at all. So I'm mostly staying away from the Bucks in this spot. And the only thing I'm using is Godwin or Brown as a one-off, or if Mike Evans plays and he looks all right, using him as a one-off. But that's really it. Yeah, like, you know, this team's been so good against the past all season. But I think, like, Brady is someone that we have to consider. Um, I think you have to consider Godwin. I think you have to consider like Antonio Brown. Um, like even like Gronk. Like I think all these guys are realistically in play here. And then on the Washington side, like if McLaurin's a go, I think he is a top end point per dollar play. Him and Logan Thomas are going to get a ton of targets in this game from Alex Smith. Yeah, McLaurin and Gibson are fantastic plays. Um, it's just that simple. Gibson, if he's good to go, which he should be, um, every or every time he's good to go, he puts up a big game. Like he's getting almost twenty touches a game. The last what four games they end up playing the entire game. So Gibson is a fantastic play. Even gets this tough. Buxty, I might not consider him on a big slate, but there's a three game slate or a six game slate. Absolutely worth it. But we know exactly where this offense is going. It's Logan Thomas is going to get a massive target share. McLaurin is going to get a massive target share. And Gibson is going to get a decent target share. And they're going to run the ball on the ground. And he's super talented. So I don't know if I'll end up using Alex Smith at all. Uh, I, honestly, going through the slate, I'm probably just going 100% Josh Allen because he's the greatest quarterback ever. But the passing game, it's Thomas, it's McLaurin, it's Gibson. Yeah, and that's the Saturday slate. If like you're playing Saturday, Sunday, I think you can, you know, obviously look at like Lamar and stuff. But yeah. I think Josh Allen's going to be super popular um, in general here, and like that makes me like somewhat interested in like Brady because I think like he's the only other guy that like or him or Wilson like 
that could go three touchdowns and like compete with Josh Allen ownership would be a lot lower on those guys. So, um, yeah, like, I don't know. Washington's pretty straightforward for me. Like I want, I want McLaurin and I want, um, Logan Thomas and that's, that's really it. Uh, moving on to the Sunday games, uh, Baltimore at Tennessee is where we get started. It's the highest total on the entire slate um, on the whole entire weekend. It's a 55 total. Baltimore's favored by three and a half. Um, let's start with Baltimore. Tennessee finished the season 30th in DVOA against the pass. Um, I know Lamar Jackson's not going to drop back and throw the ball 40 times, uh, but this is a this is a phenomenal spot for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I just don't know if I want to play any of his passing options, honestly. It's Jackson naked is probably what I end up, want to end up going with. If I am, it's probably going to be Hollywood Brown, but my guess is that's what most people are going to do, so it's really not going to be terribly contrarian. I know he's had five touch or six touchdowns in the last six games. He's put up 10-plus points in each of the last six games, but I just don't know. Like, I don't think that Lamar is going to get – or my plan is to play him and not really play his wide receivers, but – yeah, if I'm going with anyone, it's Andrews and it's Brown. Like, if you really want to take a shot on Boykins, that's not the worst idea in the world. It's some salary saving. He's had double-digit outing twice in the last five weeks, but he's still not getting over three targets in any game this entire year, or at least since week five. We know exactly where Lamar goes. I don't think I'm taking a shot on Dobbins. I know that he's done really well, but he's still not getting over 15 touches a game just happened to break off a massive run the other week they're still going to mix in Gus into the game so it's it's Lamar is the main guy one here if you want to throw in Brown and Andrews that's fine but I'll look elsewhere there's a few other decent options on the slate yeah I think overall um this is just like a Lamar tight ends kind of weak so like Andrews um Lamar Hollywood Brown is okay um but I don't know overall I think this is one of those games that you're just kind of kind of really iffy about how this game like potentially plays out in general, but um, this should be the highest scoring game. So like, I think you have to have exposure to Hollywood Brown, to Andrews, to Lamar, to Gus Edwards, to like all these guys, like any of these guys that could break off a big game. Um, I, I think that you have to, have a little exposure to these guys um, if you're playing a bunch of tournament teams. Uh, and then on the Tennessee side of things, like Derrick Henry is going to be the most popular play on the Sunday slate. On the Saturday-Sunday slate, he'll probably be pretty popular as well. Listen, he, he's just he's been an absolute beast. This is you know a pretty middle-of-the-road type of matchup. Um, what do you like here for Tennessee? I mean, it's playoff Derrick Henry. I think last year going up against Baltimore, he had, what, 170 rushing yards? He's going to run the ball 30 times like this. Offense is run through him. Play him. If you don't play him, then play Brown and Tannehill and John U. Smith and Corey Davis. Brown is a fantastic play. Corey Davis has been playing really well, and he's drastically cheaper. But play the, play the passing game. Like, this is a massive total. Derrick Henry can fail if he just – ends up not getting into the end zone. He's going to be so heavily owned that it's the perfect leverage play to play this Tennessee offense in the passing game. So that's, that's pretty much it. They have a 25.75 total. Tannehill has 40 point upside. Like you can run the ball and AJ Brown and Corey Davis have 30 point upside. 
Jono Smith has two touchdown upside. Like we know exactly where this is going in this offense and it's just a perfect pivot. Is it scary to fade Henry and play Tannehill in the passing game? Yes. Can they both end up hitting? Yes, but more than likely it's going to be one or the other, but this is going to be a high enough scoring game that both AJ Brown and Henry or both Davis and Henry end up hitting. It's only a three game slate or a six game slate. So they could still end up both being in the winning lineup. Yeah, I think like if you want to get contrarian, you could potentially play Henry Tannehill and like AJ or Corey Davis, but something that you normally wouldn't do on like a main slate. But you know, this is a a much smaller type of slate, so you know you could be a little bit more different. Uh, Chicago at New Orleans, forty-seven and a half total. New Orleans favored by ten in this game. Um, New Orleans defense has been fantastic this season. What, if anything, do you like here for the Bears? Nothing. I mean, you can go with Montgomery. You can go with Trubitsky. You can go with Robinson, but 18.75 implied total on a slate where four out of the six teams have over a 25 implied team total. I know there's game theory and other stuff. I'm going to take a shot on anyone. It's most likely Robinson, but I don't see many scenarios where Trubitsky ends up outscoring Tannehill and Lamar and Ben and Baker and Breeze. Like, it's just – you can go other places. I mean, if you're going to look at anyone on this team, it's probably Jimmy Graham or Komet hoping that they end up with two touchdowns. Like, that's that's how you end up taking down the slate. If you're playing Trubitsky, playing with Jimmy Graham probably, just in case he ends up getting multiple touchdowns because that's the way that Trubitsky ends up getting there, and that's the way that Jimmy Graham ends up on the winning lineup. Yeah, I think, like – Allen Robinson, if you're stacking the Saints, is fine. Running it back with him, running it back with Komet. Um, you know, Montgomery, I, this is a really, really tough matchup, but he's been he's been fantastic here down the stretch. Um, over 20 fantasy points and six straight to finish the season for David Montgomery. So I don't think, like, you necessarily want to fade him, but I do think this is a really tough matchup. Um, it is the playoffs, and the, the, the guys that get the touches are going to get the touches. Um, this is a dude that, like, last week when they were trailing the Green Bay had nine catches. Um, so he could do it on the receiving end, too, with Cohen still out. So um, the Saints side of things, like, I guess the thing that we need to point out first is, like, Michael Thomas is is cheap everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we still need to make sure that he plays, but it's in New Orleans. He's 6.3K, breezes at the helm, like – yeah, I'm probably just going to lock him in. I don't see any way that doesn't end up paying value. If you really want to pit, if you're not playing Thomas, you pretty much need to be playing Kamara. That's, that's, that's it. Like it's, it's as simple as that. If you want to play breeze, that's fine. But Thomas is just a lock for me. I'm probably going to go hundred percent on him. Yeah. I don't think that's a, a crazy idea at his price uh assuming that he plays like we're we're going off the assumption that like he plays um it sounds like he's gonna play anyway so we'll have to kind of see you know what kind of news comes out with that but yeah i think like you know michael thomas is the top wide receiver on this slate um and i don't think it's like particularly like that close either so um Kamara, you mentioned him, you know, Emmanuel Sanders will be really low owned with Thomas coming back. And I think like you could take shots on him in large field tournaments. Um, 
I, that's kind of it though. Uh, let's move on to Cleveland and Pittsburgh. It's a 47 total uh, Pittsburgh favored by six. What do you like here for Cleveland? I mean, Chubb and Hunt are fine, but I think I'm going to target more of the passing game. Um, they're going to run the ball. Cleveland absolutely is going to run the ball, but Baker was playing pretty well before all his receivers got COVID. And then he played a Pittsburgh team where all they needed to do was to run the ball. And then going up against the jets, like it was just a weird matchup. For some reason, the jets seem to beat everyone, but Baker is, I think one of the sneakier plays on the slate and pairing him up with Landry is Landry is one of my favorite plays too. After Michael Thomas, at the wide receiver position, he's been playing fantastic. Like averaging over 20 points, I think, in the last five weeks. He's getting a ton of targets without OBJ. They finally, like, they had the few weeks of win games, and then they just been force feeding him all the time. He has a touchdown equity, he has 10 catch equity, he has 100 yard equity. Like, Jarvis Landry in a tough matchup versus Pittsburgh. I don't think many people are going to play him. I hope not. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I, I like Landry a lot. Love the price tag uh, for Landry. He's certainly someone that is is going to make the cut for me this week. And I don't mind Baker Mayfield if you're looking for like a cheap guy and you're wanting to pay up with like guys like Derrick Henry and and you know get full like Kamara maybe like maybe you want two top end running backs. So those are the type of teams that you could potentially build with Baker Mayfield. Um, if you are playing a bunch of Baker Mayfield, I wouldn't mind getting um, some Austin Hooper in there as well. He has double-digit fantasy points in three straight games, touchdowns in two of his last three. Um, he's kind of like he he's definitely someone that we saw last year that can put up monster games, so don't mind him. On the Pittsburgh side of things, like this is one of the better matchups for passing and for running on the slate. I think like Deontay Johnson, he's another guy that's like a top-end you know, wide receiver on the slate. Yeah, absolutely love Johnson. Um but there's been one game where he's actually finished outside of last week. It was, it was uh, whatever his name. Um, it was playing quarterback outside of that game. And I think one other game where he's finished this season, he's ended up with 10 plus targets. He's averaging 14 during that time, I think, or 13. Like this guy is going to get thrown the ball a ton. So in a PPR site like DraftKings, he's an absolutely fantastic play you want to go in bigger field tournaments with Claypool or Juju, both of them have pretty big touchdown equity, have a shot at um, two touchdown game in massive tournaments like the millionaire maker. I think you can make the argument for James Washington who can rip off an 80 yard play, but realistically on this slate, I mean, just, I guess with the lineup build, it can be worth it because you're paying <laughs> only 3k for that and there's a lot of good spend ups but there's going to be a lot of guys that go off for big scores on a slate with four teams above a 25 imply team total yeah I, I really like the the passing game just in general here i think like that is the that is the target for me on pittsburgh and you know i think you can look at claypool i think you can look at juju you can look at deontay johnson you can look at really any of these pass catchers here um, and just kind of hope you, you pick the right one um, <laughs> at the end of the day. So uh, anything else from this one? No, honestly, I really don't have interest in Johnson. I mean, 
you can take a shot on Big Ben and pair him up with two pass catchers. Ebron's not a horrible play. I'm staying away from the running game still. It's mostly just Johnson for me over on the Pittsburgh side. All right. Um, let's play the morning grind game, and then um, we'll get out of here. Give me your favorite quarterback. We're using all six games. Favorite quarterback to um, throw for 300-plus yards. The answer is the obvious answer, but I'm going to say Mayfield instead of Allen just because it's down too easy. All right. Baker it is. Um, uh, I'm going to go Tom Brady. Go different a little bit here. Uh, give me a low own running back for a touchdown. Is Gibson going to be loaned? Yeah. All right. Answer. Um, James Connor. I don't know if he'll be loaned, but I'm going to go him. I don't think anyone's playing him. Uh, give me a quarterback wide receiver stack for a touchdown. Landry. Thomas is the obvious one, but Landry. Baker and Landry. I'm going to go Ben and Deontay Johnson. Give me a wide receiver that gets eight plus targets. I'm going to go with Beasley. All right. I think DK Metcalf Loki gets like 12 targets in this game. Um, I don't know if he'll be able to do a lot with it. We'll see, but I think DK Metcalf is who I'm going to pick here. Uh, Give me a tight end for a touchdown. Logan Thomas. All right, I'm gonna go Hoopa. He's gonna he's gonna dunk it when he gets it. Um, we usually go defense for ten plus. Just I think the the Seahawks defense is like the defense on this slate. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, especially so cheap. yeah, it's Walford fans are playing. I think even if Goff plays, is it gonna be a hundred percent? Like no way, right? Yeah. But, I mean, they could end up running the ball all game long is the problem. Yeah, I guess, but I don't know. I think... And add, add, a lot of that depends on Adams. Adams is going to add probably an extra sack to the game, like potential extra turnover. He might not do it himself, but just what he brings to the defense is pretty massive. Honestly, if he doesn't end up playing, then I think it's a, if Seattle is going to be a chalk defense to fade them. Um, Any final thoughts before we get out of here? I hope Holmes is crushing it though. Does does Levine and Fox have a hundred points apiece? That's all Fox I Fox is I out. Oh well. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to watch any more basketball. Yeah, listen, I, I stopped honestly I stopped watching so long ago. <laughs> um you know, he, he what hamstring injury? Is that what I'm reading? I think uh, so, yeah. I don't know. I wasn't paying I just saw the notification while we were on the pod. All right. Awesome. Uh, I, I wish De'Aaron Fox uh, the best. I hate seeing people get injured. Um, wish Fultz a speedy recovery as well. If you guys haven't checked out Monkey Night Fight, make sure you guys do that. Uh, if not, we'll see you guys on Friday for some more NBA talk. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then. Hey, kids.